It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing tonight, sir? Doing good. Let's do this. Coming up in today's show, we take a deep dive into the wide receiver group here in Dallas, uh, who is going to be on the roster, how things might shake out. They've got a lot of numbers thrown at the position right now. Uh, we might even talk a little bit about some of the guys the Cowboys may be interested in the draft. Um, so we're going to be filling you guys in with everything you need to know about this wide receiver room and what the Cowboys want out of their receivers this year. And let's quickly review for the listeners the three positions that we're going to be talking about because we're going to be mentioning the X, the Y, and the Z receiver a lot. So let's go ahead and break down those positions really quick. Landon, can you tell us what a typical X receiver looks like in a Scott Linehan, Jason Garrett offense? Sure. So we're basically discussing, you know, the kind of prototypical body sizes and, and, and jobs for the different spots in the Coriel based system. So, I mean, every, every system is going to have different kind of requirements for their wide receivers. But this is a system that you know, relies on uh, a lot of timing and downfield throws. Um, so your X receiver is a guy who is got to be, you know, the kind of what you would typically view as a, as a wide receiver one type, a, a physically yes. dominant dominant presence who can um, you know hopefully consistently at times beat double teams if necessary in, in order to find spots open has We're usually talking about a, like a six foot two guy six foot three yeah, 215 I mean, in, in, in our system typically yeah that those are the those are the kind of uh, parameters that they would look at you know anything from six two plus two ten to two fifteen plus you want to run anywhere from the you know, I think four six you know four five five is probably your your ceiling um but you also want to have some sort of extraordinary trait. I mean, you know, whether it's leaping, you know, being a big jump ball catcher or uh, yards after catch guy or, you know, whatever it is, route running, um, you, you want to have at least one dominant trait that uh, can, cons- at the very least, consistently beat single coverage. Uh, and then the best, better guys can beat double coverage uh, on occasion as well. Um, and then. Uh, are we going to all three? Do we just go through all three? Yeah, real but quick? L- let me just let me just go add ahead, in real in, quick yeah. about the X. We know that Dez has occupied that spot for a long time, but you can see why they were interested in Sammy Watkins because he hits a lot of those same criteria. He's a six foot two receiver that is is about two hundred fifteen pounds, and he has the speed to make plays down the field. So it shouldn't have been surprising that they were interested in a guy like that because. There's just not many of those guys left around the league. There, there's, it's very rare that you get a guy that has that speed and the size and hits the, the open market. So it shouldn't be that surprising they were interested in Sammy Watkins. All right, tell us a little bit about the Z receiver. So 
the Z receiver, you know, plays off the ball. So basically the X receiver um, plays, you know, on the line of scrimmage and often will have to deal with corners in his face immediately. The Z has a little bit more of a cushion off the line of scrimmage, um, will often be put into motion across the formation or, you know, move a little bit pre-snap. Um, but they are usually, you know, what you consider to be wide receiver twos. Uh, but these are the guys in this offense, typically, that you view as the more of the downfield guy, more of the guy that um, can get behind defenses a little bit better. Um, you know, usually with this offense, again, typically you, you, you think of the wide receiver of the X running a lot of eight routes, a lot of in cutting, um, a lot of, you know, uh, uh, being physical across the middle, that sort of play. I mean, the, the bang eight was what the, the, the 90s Cowboys, you know, ate, ate off of constantly. And, you, and mm-hmm. you think about Michael Irvin running that route. And, and, and Alvin Harper was the guy that was the Z on, on in that team. And he was the one who was getting down the field mostly and, 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 and stretching the defenses vertically. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have the 4-3 guy, and, and in the past, the Cowboys have still kind of leaned towards the at least 6-foot-1 um, or 6-foot. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of changing it as we speak, uh, but at least 6 feet tall plus uh, 200 you know, plus pounds, 195 if you've got, you know, maybe sub-4-4 four, four speed. Um, but they, they like guys with, you know, that can get down the field, and, 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 and especially Especially in this kind of situation, with um, where you have a guy, Dez, who is more of a physical athlete uh, playing the position, you kind of would like to have a more a refined route runner as your Z because of the just because of the the type of routes they're going to run, um, uh, and 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 you you like to be able because they may be are not as physically gifted as the X, the Z you would like to be able to get open through uh, through scheme and and using using the other players on the side. So that's basically uh, the kind of thought process with the Z receiver in this offense. And the uh, and the other thing that they really like in their Z receivers is they got to have somebody that can. Bl- block um, yeah. we've seen them th- that that role and that job they've got to be able to be comfortable coming down and cracking a defensive end mm-hmm. or getting to the the linebacker at the second level you can't have a guy that's unwilling or not tough enough to do that job and I think that's why and we're going to get to Alan Hearns in a second I think that's why he fits as a Z receiver because he's not afraid at all to block um well let's real, talk, real quick um, I'll, oh, go ahead. real quick I was just going to say that you know we're, we're mentioning three spots but you know I could make an argument that there's actually a four spot an H spot that the wide receiver position actually occupies I mean if you look at what Brown did um what they had uh Dwayne Harris doing when he was here at times um and I mm-hmm. think even the the guy that was here just the one year, I can't remember what his name was. I think he was number fifteen, but he was a guy that was Vin- yeah, Vince Maley. Maley, exactly. Um, you know, I think that they have a role specifically in this on this offense for a uh, move wide receiver who is uh, a crack back blocker, a, a blocker who uh, at the, can be at the very least a get in the way blocker, and uh, uh, to be used so they can formation teams uh, uh, into bad situations in the run game. Yeah, and we're going to get to that spot in a little bit because I have some thoughts on Noah Brown. But let's go ahead and talk about the last spot, the slot receiver spot, often called the Y receiver. Explain that role in Dallas and what they really ask from their slot receiver. Well, uh, the the Y is usually um, the uh, the tight end. 
and and not the, the wife. The, I'm sorry. Yeah, the the, the, the just the, the they usually they they specify that slot spot. Um, you know, really kind of dependent on where they line up. Um, and and it's 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 you know, but but typically you know what the way we see the the um slots line up on this offense is uh on the strong side um you know inside of the the x receiver um and and you know this is not necessarily a um a spot that is uh you know this is kind of a newer uh uh slotting of wide receiver for the Cowboys I feel like because you know this is not something that goes necessarily back to the days of of, of Coriel and this is something that has, has really been a development in this branch of the Coriel offense that has developed over time is is the idea of the slot receiver I mean, because you think of that that, that is definitely the, the 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 type we're going to talk about the diminutive quick uh quicker than fast uh extremely tight route running um, you know, uh, get open immediately type guy is more of a function of, of a West Coast type of offense, you know, of a, of a, of a offense that uses the short passing game um, as an alternative to the run game. Um, so <clears throat> having that guy was kind of a, a function of realizing they had a good player who could, they could use to uh, uh, be a real chain mover uh, and they've added it into the offense because they've 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 liked what they've they've gotten out of that position. Um, so I, I, you know the uh, the t- the typical I guess the the prototype for it would really only be Cole Beasley because frankly he's been the he was the first guy that they really liked like that. I think you know they let let Danny Amendola walk out of the door and then re- regretted it later, and then they decided that they wouldn't be do the, make the same mistake twice. So you know the I, I think the for Beasley and for um, Switzer, you know, it's really more about traits than uh, specific physical requirements. It's about being more quick than fast. It's being able to use your feet to get open um, and, and being able to operate in tight spaces because, you know, obviously you're operating in a, a spot where linebackers roam, where there's uh, b- big bodies moving around. So you need to be able to have a, a high level of football IQ and awareness to know how to read a defense on the fly to recognize what the ski, what the uh, coverage is, and then if it's zone, find a place to uh, sit down in, in, in a soft spot and get open, present yourself to the quarterback, and if it's man, to be able to run away from the guy who's following you. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. In 2007, 2008, was it Patrick Creighton? Was that their slot receiver? Yeah, and Creighton, you know, Creighton is was more of a, you know, like a savvy um, uh, route right route running type. You know, like he was. He, he never. He didn't have. He wasn't quick at all. No, he was not, and, and he wasn't fast really either. But but he was. But he was. You know, he he was able to return punts too because he had confidence in his cuts. You know, like he had he knew where he was going and uh, and he did it with 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 full at full speed all the time. Um, so there was never any like you know needing to change speed or anything. He just did everything kind of at at, a, at one speed. So he he functioned well in an offense like that because you know at the time you have you know a young Jason Witten and and uh, Terrell Owens on the other side. He operated in the space between those quite well because he knew where the the soft spots would be and he got open there so um you know if you think like think about it uh that that doesn't necessarily need to be done by 
a the the kind of person I've described the quicker than fast, diminutive types. Like you know, I think what I saw on tape, and we'll talk about him. Uh, I see Alan Hearns do do that a lot, and with Jacksonville, and and become mm. sort of. Uh, I mean, not like Witten because he's you know obviously a wide receiver and, and quicker, maybe a little bit better with yards of the catch, but that kind of person where he's a big body who presents himself a, a good target to easily convert. Uh, in short, you know, you know, short yardage situations, passing wise, five yards, you know, six yards. Uh, here I'm open. I'm a big target with big hands, and I'm going to catch it. Sort of situation. He, I think, Hearns can really function that way, in a way that I don't know that that Des would 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 thrive in the same way in the slot. Yeah, I saw a lot of Hearns at a stack and bunch formations, which I like quite a bit. I think he, he does agree. a good job yeah. there. Yeah, I think I think that's that's honestly I think that's going to be a huge part of of maybe why they brought him in here is you get him in a stack with Dez and and then any one of these other guys, uh, and and you can you can get some uh, some really good options there. All right, let's talk a little bit about that wide receiver room. Well, we took twelve minutes just talking about the three positions. Awesome. Uh, let's go ahead and start with Dez. There's been a lot of rumors about what's going to happen with Dez. Uh, Jerry Jones keeps pushing back the idea that they're going to have to talk to Dez about his contract. Um, we are now almost in April, and the Cowboys have not done anything with his contract. I, it doesn't sound like they've had a conversation yet uh, about doing anything with it. What should the Cowboys do with Dez in his contract in 2018? Do you believe that they should cut him and try to rebuild that room, or should they try to rebuild with him on the roster? Well, first off, I don't think I don't think they should cut him, um, and I don't think they I don't think they are going to cut him, and I don't think they want to cut him. Um, I, I think that they would love to see him reduce his number. And I think that they'll approach him with that, and we'll see if if he's interested in doing that. You know, I think you and I were talking before the show. Maybe they could do it something similar to what they did with Brandon Carr, where they you know guaranteed him a little bit of money, but also made a part a portion of his contract uh, incentive based. So, you know, I, I think that would be. I think ultimately Jerry will approach him in a manner of. Well, let's, uh, you know, I need a thing. You want something else. Is there a way that we can both get what we want out of this while you remaining a Dallas Cowboy? And then they see if they can work this out. You know, I, I feel like they uh, are more than happy to continue to have the Cowboy name in the news so they don't really care to kibosh this, you know, this like, to put an end mm. to this real quick. Um, so I think that um, I think that at this point they're just allowing all of us to tear each other apart on Twitter, uh, worrying about something that hasn't happened yet. I, I also think it's a little bit of motivation for Des. Um, sure, and, and I mean, I, yeah, not, that, absolutely. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think they they want to see what kind of shape Des is going to come in at this year. We know that he wasn't healthy by the end of the year. Um, we know that Des did not have a great year last year. Um, I think they're kind of challenging Des to see, hey, can you get back to the level that you were playing at in 2014 and in the second half of 2016? Can you get back there? There's people out there doubting you that you can do it. Prove us wrong that you can go ahead and get back there. So I, I think that's part of it. Uh, OTAs are coming up here in a couple of weeks. Um, I think before they cut him or even have that conversation – I think they're going to want to see what Des looks like. If he comes in and he's healthy and he's in the best shape of his life and it looks like that um, he's visiting a route-running specialist, if that seems to have helped him out, I don't think they have any reason to cut him. So 
it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I, I do think if they would have signed a big-name free agent like Sammy Watkins, I think they probably would have cut Dez then. But now that we are kind of past the first, second, third wave of free agency, um, I don't think there's a receiver in this draft that you're going to draft right now that's going to be better than Dez in 2018 or 2019. So I kind of think we're at the point where he's going to be their best option for that X receiver. Um, but what's more important is how they deal with this Z receiver spot. Uh, they signed Alan Hearns, like you mentioned before. Uh, Terrence Williams has obviously held that role since 2013. Uh, it was uh, reported this week that he broke his foot. Let's kind of compare and contrast Williams and Hearns and what they both do well and where you see this, this kind of shaping up this year. <clears throat> well, I, I think Williams, um, you know, we discussed, I kind of discussed a little bit of what I thought about Hearns, and I think that he, just based on what I've seen a little, so a little bit of him, uh, he just seems like he's a little bit more versatile than what Williams is. I think, you know, this is a guy who could probably play all three of these spots without any problem. Um, I, you know, I don't know that he... Um, I don't know that he's your prototypical Z receiver. I don't know, you know, that he's a guy that is, def, def, uh, you know, a huge downfield threat. Um, and I think Williams would definitely, you know, has him beat there. Um, but I, I think that really there's no reason, you know, I, 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 I can see, I can see there, there being coexistence for all of these guys uh you know i just the problem is the numbers really more than anything like i, I you know i could easily see des bryant and terrence williams and alan hearns on the field all at the same time um you know and and and, and then i feel like that that because of who they are they could move them around a little bit i think if anything hearns allows you to kind of have some flexibility there because williams and des bryant are at, i mean you know to the, at this point are are kind of position fixed i guess as far as wide receivers i would you know? agree yeah you know so i mean it, i don't uh, des bryant can operate in the slot for sure in, in certain packages but, I'll, but let me let me add about that real quick i think that's the natural conclusion that everybody comes to is that des you know put des in the slot as he gets older and that's going to help him out uh, of his 10 drops this year eight of them came from the slot it's just not a position that he's very comfortable with um and i'm not saying that can't change but i i don't think He's going to be a guy that you can just throw in the slot like Anquan Bolden did late in his career, or Larry Fitzgerald, and thrive out of there. I, I just don't think that's going to be a natural spot for Des. Des Bryant, uh, I mean, uh, this is hard to. Des Bryant is more physical with the ball in his hands, and more physical at the you know jumping up at the point of attack than he is as a box out you know, uh, interior receiver. Like, I think he's great catching slants and then, oh, you want to try and tackle me while I'm running? Go ahead. Like, that. that's – but I think that's still a different skill set than being a big-body target in the middle of of a defense, you know? And I think that's – I'll also add this. Des is fantastic at tracking the ball in the air, and that's why he's so good on fades and down-the-field passes. When you're in the slot, you don't really have time to track the ball. It kind of just arrives at you. You know what I mean? I think that was part of the reason for some of the drops last year is the ball came quicker to him than he was expecting. And it, it, I can remember in the Denver game, he he, he ran a slant from the uh, from the slot, and the ball just got on him quicker than he was used to, bounced off his hands, and Tlaib 
picked it off, or I think it was Chris Harris picked it off, but it's just a totally different position. Well, and here's the other thing: How would you like? I would. I wouldn't mind seeing Des Bryant run some routes from the Z. You know, we haven't really seen an opportunity for him to do that because we haven't had a a guy that, you know, outside of Butler who is just generally inconsistent, who's who could thrive from the X. Now we have a guy I think who could run, you know, plays from the X a little bit. That might give Des Bryant a whole new set of opportunities running plays from the Z. You know, being off the line of scrimmage, allowing him a, a few extra yards, um, and mo- being able to motion him across a, the, an offense may not be the worst thing in the world. You know, so um, I, I just think that. Hearns doesn't threaten, uh, you know. I, obviously, the numbers are threatening because can you keep all those guys? But her, I don't feel like Hearns strategically, the way he plays, threatens any particular receiver. I think, if anything, his versatility allows you to do a lot of different things with these guys in, in, in a situation where everyone had kind of gotten a little bit stale in their kind of, uh, you know, allotted slots, you know. I, I think it became difficult to move these guys into different roles and move these guys around, and Hearns kind of solves that. And I will say this, and I think this is where Hearns is going to help. Uh, Dez was dealing with a pretty significant knee injury last year, but they kind of forced him to play through it because they didn't have another ex-receiver on the roster. Um, they didn't have another guy that they felt comfortable putting out on the field uh, to beat number one corners. Um, I, I don't think... I don't think Hearns is a better X than Des, but he Hearns is certainly a better X than anybody else on the roster. So it absolutely yes. gives him some yeah. versatility. And the last quick point I want to make uh, about these receivers is this gives them the flexibility to change depending on the opponent. If they're going against mm-hmm. a team that plays a lot of zone, I think Alan Hearns actually makes more sense to have on the field uh, than a um, Terrence Williams. Um, I, I actually think he makes a little bit more sense than Dez because he has a better feel for it. If they're going against a more man scheme, I, I like Dez and his ability to win one-on-one uh, matchups. So gives them a lot of flexibility on offense. Let's go ahead and talk about those slot receivers. Cole Beasley and Ryan Switzer, uh, they play the same position, but I think they play the position differently. Uh, give me your thoughts on Beasley and Switzer, and then I'll go ahead and tell you why I think they're a little bit different players. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that I, I agree. I mean, to me, Switzer is a little bit more of an explosive athlete, and uh, to and Beasley is a little bit more um, – no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I, I feel like it's the other way around. I feel like Switzer is more quick and Beasley is more explosive. I would agree. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I got that. I was. <laughs> uh, I, I think that Switzer is, um, you know, which t- you know, if you think about it, it's kind of tough to tell whether that means Switzer is going to be any better or any worse at that spot, you know, because because I think the Beasley's explosion. Uh, out of his, you know, first and second move is what gives him that instant separation for sure. But if Switzer can really become a a you know route master with that quickness, like he will be able to get open at will, like you know, I, I, and, and much as I guess the way Beasley did. Uh, but also, I think maybe the difference is, is that. Switzers might be a little bit better long term because I think you that that kind of foot quickness uh, combined with you know route mastery is 
a little bit more sustainable. I, I feel like than I, I feel like explosion loses quicker, especially in the NFL with wear and tear, than than foot quickness. I think you can you know kind of maintain that through drills and stuff. Um, but anyways, I, I think that I I think the Switzer is probably a, a little bit more dangerous with the ball in his hands too. Um, uh, whereas Beasley's a, a chain mover, a possession version of the of the of the slot uh, receiver. I, this is the way I would say it. It, it. Just to use another comparison, um, I think Switzer's a little bit more like Julian Edelman, and Cole Beasley's a little bit more like Danny Amendola. Both slot receivers both play the the position totally different. I think Edelman's a guy that you actually feel a little bit more comfortable throwing the ball in the middle of the field and being able to absorb hits and you know make catches over his head. Where you know I think Beasley's just a guy that can win so quickly. Uh, off the line of scrimmage with his route running. Um, I like both receivers a lot. Um, I, I, I just wonder, is there room on the roster, especially now with the Cowboys bringing in Alan Hearns and Deontay Thompson and probably going to draft the receiver, is there enough space on this roster to keep both Switzer and Cole Beasley? I mean, that's, you know, that's the, that's the big question. I think it's, it's tough to answer at this point. I'm, I, I have a hard time believing that uh, that all these guys, I mean, that they're not going to have to make some hard cut if if that. I mean, at the very least, they're going to have to cut someone like Noah Brown, who I know that they like, and you know, they definitely aren't going to be able to keep. I mean, you know, maybe they lose Deontay Thompson, or you know, it's. I I just feel like I, I don't think they can keep both Switzer Beasley and then all the people they've signed, and plus Noah Brown. You know, I think. All right, let's let's talk about lot. Deontay Thompson. Okay. I wasn't a fan of the signing. I, I've mentioned that a couple times on here. Um, oh, but boy. I did go back. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, I went butt, back and watched. I felt watched, the butt was coming. Wow. Eh, it's not a big one. That's all right. Uh, I went back and watched him. Uh, he's a great athlete. Uh, he has no problem making catches down the field. Uh, most of his production came from nine routes last year. Uh, he's a willing blocker. I'm just reading through some of my notes. Uh, has some special teams ability. Um, has become a more consistent route runner. Just three drops over the last five years. But I still don't know, is he going to be better than a rookie that they draft? You know, if if they draft a guy in the first, you know, the top 100 picks, I think Thompson would have to be the odd guy out. But the only reason that I'm considering keeping him on the rosters, he is the only guy on the team that has run under a 4.47, or on the on the receiving core. The only one that's run, run under a 4.47, he clearly has a speed that they want on the team. They want a guy that can stretch the field. Uh, they just don't have anybody like that. So I, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think they wanted to create competition. Um, I think last year we kind of knew who was going to make this, this receiving core going into training camp. I, I don't think they want that. I, I think they want nine to ten guys that they feel really comfortable in and then they're just going to battle it out in camp and see who comes out on top yeah i mean i, I think that uh, look I, I think he serves a specific purpose and uh i think he is a uh very specific tool but a very useful tool and and uh, um they 
And the reason I think that you don't rely on a uh, on a rookie to do that is because uh, not all rookies know how to get off of press in the NFL right away. It takes it takes especially the 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 smaller, faster guys, the ones we're talking about. It, it can take them a while to learn how to get off the uh, the line and, and get down the field. Um, now, I mean, that's not the case with everyone. There's definitely, uh, uh, you know, recent cases. That, that the kid from Houston sticks out to my mind that from Notre Dame. Um, Chris Brown? No. Uh, oh, they, they had last year in the roster? Uh, no, I, well, I think he was hurt last year. But anyways, I can't remember what his name is. Um, uh, you know, the, I, I think that it's it, one of the things that, that you – you you can do like when you sign a guy like this at this price it's it's it it'll it makes it so you're not feeling like oh you know we have to get a speed guy and the only way that we're going to be able to do that is with you know the draft and i think that this is a guy that you'd be more than happy to be able to deploy out there and and you know use him as your field stretcher because i think that he does that specifically well all right, and let's go ahead and talk about Noah Brown just really quickly. We're kind of going to wrap up the show. We talked about that kind of H-back, kind of move, tight end, wide receiver role. Do you think there's a possibility that the Cowboys go shorter on tight ends this year and longer at receiver and basically create a spot for Noah Brown because of his blocking ability and because he has the size and he played special teams last year? Do you think they're going to try to fit him on the roster um, some way this year? Well, I mean, I think you know it's it's always been my thought process that they might try eventually try to do something with one of these guys like that, and I and I felt like that was one of my reasoning between you know, but last year the, the thought process was was with Rod Smith. Would they keep Rod Smith as a fullback and keep two fullbacks and then go short at tight end because they could keep Noah Brown and Rod Smith as that kind of move H back position and, and as a tr- as a kind of transition to that now. Now that they've got Jameis Olawale, uh, who has a lot of like experience, kind of doing that sort of thing, that sort of H back spot and moving around and being split out and all kinds of different stuff, that you pair that pair that with Noah Brown, uh, and now you've got two of these guys who specifically seem to be good at that sort of you know H back motion blocker, whatever you want to call it, uh, player. Uh, and I think you know, yeah, I think it's certainly within the 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 realm of possibility. Look, I think <clears throat> I think there's a very good chance that Hannah is a cap casualty, even though we haven't seen it yet. Um, I I everything we've heard is to not expect anything from Rico Gather. So if I if I I mean I know that everyone not on the wants football to get, field, maybe in yeah, the rap career, not not yeah, the football uh, field. Uh, yeah, I'm, I won't even get into that. But but yeah, <laughs> I, I I think you know. I'm not putting anything into Rico Gathers until I see something to get out of Rico Gathers. Um, and I know that he showed up in the training, tra- the training camp, but there's a lot of other stuff where he didn't show up in. Swaim's obviously still on the team. He signed, and so is Jarwin. But outside of that, I, I feel like really the only people that are guaranteed to be playing on the team are Jason Witten and, and maybe Jeff Swaim. You know? like, so uh, everyone else outside of that is – not certain for the team, self-available as a pass catcher more than likely, it's sort of in a Lance Dunbar or a Lucky Whitehead role. Um, and I think that the only guy that kind of fits that sort of description in there is Shane Vereen. And, and, and I, you know, to me, it's like, I mean, what's the difference between Shane Vereen and, and uh, you know, what, 
and Lance Dunbar ultimately. I mean, I, I think that you can. I, I think you can go get. You know, again, you can go get that guy in in, in the draft. And I'll just say this really quickly about Noah Brown. I, he is going to be the one guy that people go to training camp and they're going to be like, wow, that guy has really changed his body. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. He, he has been putting in a lot of work this offseason, uh, and I'm expecting a big jump in play from Noah Brown next year. Um, really quickly, three other guys that the Cowboys currently have on the roster, Katie Cannon, Lance Lenore, and Brian Brown. Uh, I actually happened to watch all three of these guys last night for this roster guide that I'm working on. Um, of the three, Lance Lenore is probably the most likely to make an NFL roster. Uh, I thought Katie Cannon was not good last year. He got cut three different times by three different teams. Um, he's got speed, but he's not a great athlete. Doesn't do much after the catch. Um, he, he's a lesser version of Deontay Thompson. Uh, Brian B- Brown is another bad athlete. He, he's really slow in and out of his breaks. Uh, Lance Lanceluer, I thought, was the best receiver of the bunch. He made a couple plays in preseason last year. Uh, he ran on a, a deep post against Oakland and scored a touchdown on with Cooper Rush. Um, I, I don't think he's going to make this roster, but I think he could hang around on somebody's practice squad maybe sneak on to somebody's 53-man roster next year. Uh, not, again, another kind of bad athlete, but I think he at least has shown a little bit of ability to win on the outside. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. Next time we will talk about some of the receivers that the Cowboys may be interested, how they fit in. We got some cool shows coming up for you guys next week, so make sure you tune in for that. Uh, Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBTB. You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys. And, of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.